is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Today I chat with Lauren. Lauren is an online teacher friend and a runner friend. She is one of the original listeners of this podcast, which is pretty cool. The first time I've had a listener as a guest on the podcast. Today's episode is fun, but it's also very deep. We spent some time talking about the miscarriage Lauren went through a few years ago and how and why running is present in her life. Um, There's a lot in this episode that we as women don't always talk about, but talking about it kind of destigmatizes the struggles we go through. And don't worry, we also talk about funny things too, like when you show up to a race in brand new clothes and with fuel that you've never had before, which is a big no-no if you've never done it. Um, I also wanted to mention that Lauren and I are both online teachers, meaning we teach in the morning before starting our full-time jobs. This is a non-MLM gig just straight up teaching, open your computer, look at the PowerPoint and teach um, some pretty cool kids. I made over $20,000 last year teaching three hours a day, which definitely helps with this nomad lifestyle I'm leading and the business I'm building. If you have a bachelor's degree in anything, you can teach online. Only 10% of applicants are hired. So working with a mentor teacher is super helpful. There are links in the show notes to have myself or Lauren be your mentor through the hiring process. All right, let's get started on today's episode. I am so excited. Today I have on the podcast a fellow teacher and runner, Lauren. How are you doing today, Lauren? I'm great. How are you? I'm so great. So we caught up a little bit before we started pressing record, but um, Lauren, where are you from? Tell us a little bit about you and um, yeah, what do you do? So I'm originally from Mobile, Alabama. I grew up in Birmingham, but um, I now live in Huntsville. So I kind of just worked my way up the state, so to speak. Um, I'm a kindergarten teacher like you. So that's one of the things we have in common. Um, And I also teach online for VIP Kid. I'm in in my classroom right now. Um, And I am a runner and I like to bake. My husband and I have three dogs. We're kind of crazy dog people. And that's pretty much in a nutshell. That's me in a nutshell. Yeah, so there's this thing um, that I love. I mean, it's called detraction marketing, and it's just that you put stuff out on the internet and you attract people that are so much like you. And so I think we met in a VIP kid group, but Mm -hmm. then it was like, oh, also (laughs) there are all these other little things like dogs or kindergarten teacher or like new to running or just so many different things. It was like, wow, that's so crazy. For sure. Yeah. I don't remember which group it was because there's so many. There's like a VIP kid group for everything, every type of person. Um, And I remember seeing, I guess it may have been a post about running or about wellness or something. And I saw that you had a podcast and I had, I love listening to podcasts when I, when I drive and sometimes when I run because I love music, but I can you know, you can either, you're either singing along with a song or you're like daydreaming about something else with a podcast. You're kind of like into it and it makes you think. And, and it's, if it's a kind of run where you want to tune out, it's good to have a podcast because you're like not even really thinking about it or driving. I used to live about six hours from my parents. So it was like just enough to make it a weekend trip, but a really rough weekend trip. And I had to start listening to books on CD because I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. Like most of the drive, it was like almost 300 miles on this one interstate. And I was like, I, I can't mm-hmm. so bad. So podcasts kind of worked that way for me. So I saw that you had a podcast and I was like, that's awesome. I want to, you know, support someone who may or, you know, I love my husband loves Joe Rogan, but like, you know, it, there's nothing against like really big name podcasts, but it's kind of like, 
this person is like taking maybe a little bit of a risk or a chance, like putting themselves out there and I want to see what they're about. And I was like hooked from the get go because the whole message of, I mean, just the title actually are a real runner. I was like, awesome. That's what I need to hear. So, um, I want to say it was maybe it was earlier. Well, I guess now last year, 2018, cause it's 2019 somehow. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, it was towards the beginning of last year when I was really getting into running again after a super tough 2017. And it kind of helped me, you know, remind myself like there's value in what I'm doing. I don't have to be the fastest. I don't have to go the furthest, but you know, I'm just as much a runner as anyone else out there. So I really enjoyed it. And like you said, found so many other things in common. I was like, I've got to, you know, whether face to face or, you know, this way actually meet this girl. So it's so cool. And I think that like the, the podcasts have added so much value to my life and how I started running was listening to podcasts. Like yeah. it was the thing, right? Like you can listen to a three minute song and then you're like, okay, what's next? But a podcast yeah. just get engrossed in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That's so crazy too. Like just to think about that, it was a whole year ago, like mm-hmm. almost, probably almost a whole year ago. Yeah, definitely close to it. Like I said, I don't remember exactly um, we moved into this house in March and it was a little bit before that. So yeah, it must've been, you know, February or March. So yeah. been listening for almost a year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you touched on that. You got back into running. So we're going to jump or, uh, take a few steps back and okay. we're, let's talk a little bit about what fitness was like, because I like, I like hearing from people that are like, no, I've just been fit my whole life. And for people that are like, no, I didn't start doing anything until after college. And just seeing that this story, like this imposter syndrome, like pops up in a lot of us or like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like this happens to all of us as we're Mm -hmm. growing up. So take us back like to high school or college, like were you growing up? What was it like for you? Um, I was never an athlete. I mean, I did like a little bit of basketball, like summer league and stuff. I was terrible. Um, but I danced my whole life. So that was kind of my way of exercising and staying in shape. That's not why I did it, but I feel like movement, maybe this isn't everybody's experience, but it seems to be a common theme with other people. Like movement is so natural when you're a kid and being not, not for everybody again, but you know, if you're in an activity, you're like, Oh, well, you know, I'm active. You don't, I don't think people take kids to the gym to lift weights because, you know, you're not, you know, once you get older and you have responsibilities, it's more that you have to be intentional about exercise. So I really never did that until I guess college. Um, But when I was in middle and high school, I would go running with my dad because that's what he liked to do. And this was, you know, a long time ago. So there was no Garmin or Apple watch or, you know, I wasn't tracking anything. So I couldn't tell you what kind of a runner I was. I was just running, you know, just out there. And, and I perceived, you know, if I was sweating a lot, I had a good run. So it definitely was, it was with the intention to exercise, but also just, oh, this is a fun thing I can do with my dad and it feels good. And, you know, I like to run. Um, and then in college I kept dancing, but I also did, um, well, sometimes, sometimes I would work out. I would go to the gym, but I had a lot of those, um, common misconceptions of like, well, I don't need to lift weights because I don't want to be a bodybuilder, you know, things that eventually you learn are not true. Um, so I would, I would work out, but it was mostly, you know, if I was going to exercise, I was going to go and run. Um, and then a little bit after college, I did some of the things like orange theory. And then I did, um, my first year teaching, I went to a local place that had a fun, like, um, boxing type 
exercise circuit class. So I've done a little bit of stuff outside of running, but nowadays I pretty much just run and then I strength train to enhance my and improve my running. That's, I don't really, um, it's hard for me to motivate myself to do anything else, even though I know it's important because I don't get the same satisfaction. I have to look at it like this is going to help me be a better runner. Not that I really enjoy lifting weights or anything like that. So. Yeah. And I think you touched on some big things, how when we're a kid, it is just, you're just a kid and you move. And even if you're not in sports, but like, you're just, you're running at recess. You're, there's so many things that you're doing when you're a kid, but as an Mm -hmm. adult, you have to be more intentional. And I think that's okay too, that like our sources of motivation come from different spots. I think sometimes we get nervous to say like, I'm only doing this to like as a means to an end, like lifting weights as a means to like get better at running instead of like, yeah. oh, I'm so passionate. No, you, like <laughs> you don't have to be passionate about everything that you do. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good so, to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So running, so 2017, what did it look like running the past few years? You said you got okay. back into it. Yeah, so like I said, I ran in college for exercise and then I had a friend um, wanted to do a 5K. I don't even remember exactly when it was, but I was like, oh, you know, you can – you can compete with this sort of thing. Cause I didn't, I never did track or cross country. Um, so she and I did a 5k, we ran, walked it, you know, it was just kind of a fun thing, but it wasn't like, I didn't really get like, Oh, I have to have more of this. I just kind of continued running casually and for exercise and stress relief and all those other good things. Um, I don't remember. So that was when I was in college and then we moved um, to Florida and I would, was in grad school for a couple of years and taught for a couple of years And that's when I would say I got a lot more into running and wanting to do races. And the good thing about that is, I I mean, I did a couple of races and I started running longer distances, but the bad thing was I was in the mindset of this was, you know, obviously before I discovered your podcast and I definitely fell victim to that imposter syndrome. I'm like, well, yeah, I run, but I'm not a runner because I haven't done this distance or I'm not that fast or you know, whatever. And so I can't even tell you how many times I, I used RunKeeper, that app, um, just to track my mileage and they had training plans. So I would go and I'd look up a half marathon and be like, okay, I, yeah, I've gotten like, you know, calculate how long and turn on the training plan. And then, you know, maybe a week or two in, I would be, think I was too busy with work or it would get too hard or whatever. And I would just give up and there was nothing holding me accountable because I was too embarrassed to say like, Oh, I want to run a half marathon because of course I'm thinking anyone's response is going to be, you can't do that. Like, but nobody, nobody responds that way. It's just, yeah. it's all in your head. But of course I wasn't telling people that that's what I wanted to do for fear of, well, for fear of putting it out there. I think, I think I told myself it was because people wouldn't think I could do it, but I think it's because I thought I couldn't and I didn't want anybody to call me on it. Like, Hey, I thought you were going to run this half. So, so many times. I did that so many times. And Florida actually, where I was in Florida, Gainesville, um, has a really good, you know, active community. There's a track club there. Thought about joining. I don't know how many times. And I never did because I was like, well, they're fast. You know, they'll never let me, they won't let me play with them, that sort of thing. Yeah. Which is so (laughs) silly. But um, I don't know. I I did a couple of races. I convinced my husband to do some with me and he hated them. So that was another thing, like, I always ran on my own, which I liked because, I mean, I'm an introverted person. I like doing some stuff on my own. It's relaxing. could listen to a podcast or some music. 
But when you only run by yourself, you don't have anyone holding you accountable and you're not getting, well, not to say you're not getting any better. I mean, if you're, if you're training, you're getting better, but you're not, I was just missing out on a lot that I could have gathered from other people's experiences. Um, this is getting kind of long, so cut in, no, you know, no, anytime, no. <laughs> anytime you need to. Um, and then we moved last year or 2017. I, can't, I guess I can't say last year now. Yeah. <laughs> um, February of 2017, we moved to Texas for my husband's job. And it was like in the school year, it was just a big sudden change and it was really tough. And so when we, he had to start moving, like, I'm sorry, he had to start working the, like the morning after we got there. So he went right to work and was managing an apartment complex and it was just super busy. So I didn't immediately start work to kind of help us get settled and everything. So then it turned into like, I'm in a new state. I have no friends. I don't even have a job. I've got to run because I'm going to go insane. So yeah, it was, and I know you kind of went through like a similar yeah. thing when you, yeah, <laughs> so you're making similar. that because we like, live in um, the same life. Yeah. It, that's tough. It's very yeah. isolating, even for someone who sometimes likes to be isolated. You're like, wait, I want to be isolated on my own terms, not because it was forced upon me. But um, so I started running a little bit more. And again, we're still in that mindset of like, I, I did write down some goals and I was like, well, I'd like to run a half before I turn 30 and then I'll see how that goes. And maybe one day I would be able to run a marathon. But there was that always like that. I wish I could do that sort of thing when plenty of other people who are not that different from me would just buckle down and do it. But I couldn't make myself realize that, I guess. So we were there until November. So not very long. Um, but I ran a couple of races. Well, well actually I might've just run one while I was there, but I, you know, it became a more consistent part of my life. And so when we moved here, we, we went through a lot of difficult stuff that I'll get into later. But, um, I started, that was November. I did a couple of races before the end of the year. And then in January, I was like, I'm doing a half. I don't, I don't care. I'm like, it's time. It's high time. I've had, you know, a really rough past year. I've got to do, I've got to show myself that I'm capable of this and that I'm in control. <laughs> a lot of it was poorly motivated by the need for control of something, but, um, did my first half in May and then all been, I've been pretty focused on it since then. Like I've, I finally feel like, not that I wasn't a runner before, but I finally feel like I am making it a consistent part of my life, which is, I feel like all that's required to call yourself a runner. Exactly. When, yeah. And it, and it becomes easier too. And you don't feel like a phony when you're doing it. And like mm -hmm. the more that you do it, cause there's yeah. people, there are people that, are very slow and like they're just like this is just my thing like I'm not focused on trying to get faster I just enjoy mm -hmm. doing these races and I like it's like a big party and like they're having fun you know yeah it's like they're not worried about the front of the pack judging them they're just mm -hmm. like this is what I do and I just do it you know I go to races every weekend um so how did so it sounds like there was that time that you guys had moved that things were really difficult. Like mm -hmm. how did running or did it like, how was it that stressful? Like, how did it help like things in life for you? Well, so when I was still in Florida, I got my first job. My first teaching job was where I interned mm -hmm. and it was in the same grade and everything with like the most wonderful group of people you could even imagine. So I was like 
this is it. Like we are never moving. We are, you know, I'm set. I'm good. I'm going to retire here. That sort of thing. You know, you make all these plans and then life is like, uh. but, um, you know, I had a good year. It was, it was hard, obviously first year teacher, but, um, and also Kevin was working, he was in property management and he was working totally different hours. So I would get to school, you know, a little after seven, technically be done at around three, but he didn't get off till six. So I was like, oh, I've got a million things to do. And my whole identity is wrapped up in being a teacher. You know, I finally, <laughs> yep, I see your face. Yeah. You're like, yep. I finally have my teaching job and I need to give 600% of myself or I won't be successful. And that's the way that I treated myself. And that's the insane standard that I held myself to despite everyone telling me like, you need to stop, you need to go home, you're going to get burned out and you know, you don't listen <laughs> until you learn the hard way. So it was, it was a good year. Like I enjoyed it, but there were lots of tears of exhaustion and just points where I had to be like, I, I didn't get it done. I'm behind, you know, I, I'm not done with this because it's such a, it's just a revolving door of there's always something to grade. There's always something to some data to interpret. There's, you know, you need to try new strategies with this kid. And it just, I mean, it's like, I say that as if teaching is like the only hard job. I mean, that's how a lot of people's jobs are that you have to make the conscious decision to leave work at work. Yeah. I didn't know how to do that. So at the time running was definitely a stress relief thing and I wasn't doing it consistently enough because I would have those 10 hour days. Well, he's not getting off until six. Why should I go home and stop working? But, um, it helped me to put school out of my mind sometimes and not be constantly thinking, okay, I didn't get this done. I've still got, you know, this mounting level of work to do. So at the end of the year, so the principal that I worked under is not the principal that hired me. And the principal I worked under did not renew my contract after my first year. And I was devastated. Like, I mean, you just poured your heart and soul. Into yes, this, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I was like, I'm sitting there looking at it like, I don't know, I guess qualitatively, like how many hours did I put in and it still wasn't enough? How can I possibly do anymore? How can I be successful at this? And that was not the right way to look at it. But at the time I was, you know, emotional and not logical. And it didn't matter how many other people told me, I don't know how this happened. You're a great teacher. And people who worked with me day in and day out, I mean, a principal, it doesn't matter how great your principal is. They're not in your classroom every day. They're not on your team. You know, they don't see right. everything that they do. But it was, I mean, I let that one person's, I don't want to say opinion, because I don't really know, you know, you don't have a full conversation about why they're choosing not to move forward with you. But I let that one person's decision dictate what I thought about myself as a teacher which at the time was my whole identity. I mean, it's all I cared about. It's all I focused on. So obviously that's like, well, I have nothing now. Bad, you know, that's a bad attitude to have, but I can look back now and say, that's why I was so miserable because that's all I focused on. Yeah. Um, so when we, let's see, when we moved to Texas, I worked, <clears throat> excuse me, I taught pre-K. So I went I went down from second grade to pre-K, which I had taught before. And that's a big change, but I really enjoyed it. I really, I, I like younger kids. I can, personally, I can deal a little better with um, babyishness or 
them being a little bit more needy than sassy. I'm not, I'm not yeah. the sass. Like, don't, don't talk back to me. <laughs> so, but you know, if you're going to cry or your nose a little snotty, I'm good with that. But, um, I work, we had a, um, good group of friends at the church we went to, but we just weren't really happy there. We were super far from family. Um, and so we, in that case, we made the choice to move. So we decided to move. So yeah. So we found out, you know, we decided that we needed to change and he found a job in back in Alabama, which is where our families both are. Um, and then we found out just a couple of days after deciding to move that we were going to have to move anyway, actually either to San Diego or to Tampa. So yeah, obviously that was the right decision. Um, and we had just found out we were pregnant, like super excited to come home, be around family. And then, um, we moved, I want to say, I think it was exactly a week before Thanksgiving of 2017. And the day after we moved, we, I went to the ER cause I was bleeding and we found out we were losing the baby, like almost certainly. Cause it was, it kind of fell on a weekend. So we had to do, um, like go back in for some tests and confirm it and everything. So that was kind of, that was obviously a shock and it was really, really hard but it was kind of a blur. Like I, I mean, I of course remember the holidays last year, but I have to like actively kind of search my brain and think like, what was I doing? Because it just, everything just sort of stopped. It was all of the plans that we had obviously changed and everything felt very, very out of control. Um, and that was super hard for me. And that all of that is just kind of the logistics and obviously the, the emotional pain of the loss was so much more. But when you just think about like, you know, we had all these plans and we were going to have a baby and now, now what am I doing? You know, I left my teaching job. I left another teaching job because we moved twice in one year and I felt very, very lost. So it took, again, it took a little time because, you know, it was a lot to recover from and it was the holidays. I didn't go back to work until January and I started teaching again. Um, but I still needed, I needed an outlet and I needed to feel again in control of something. So I started running a lot more and I, you know, still wanted to train for a half <clears throat> and I hurt my foot a little bit, I think around Christmas time. So I took a little time off and that derailed my training a little bit, but I was able to, do a half, my first half on Memorial Day of this year. Um, my husband decided to do it on four days notice. And like I said before, he had run some, I know your face. Oh <laughs> yeah, this is, okay, so this is the part where we get into like the cautionary tale of like, don't yeah. do it, basically. <laughs> um, seriously, four days before, he's like, yeah, I think I, think I want to do it too. And I almost laughed. I was like, are you joking? Like not trying to be mean, but like, first of all, you hate running. Like you always complain about it when you do it. And second of all, you can't just up and do a half marathon. Like, but I couldn't commit to otherwise. So it was on a Monday on, I think it was actually Sunday. It was either Saturday or Sunday. We went to our local running store and got new clothes, which again, you don't do before a race. I got, Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I got a new pair of shorts and I, I, I needed a new bra. I had like some old crappy Victoria's Secret bras that were falling apart and 
you know, the, the strap straw was getting loose, so they were getting on my nerves. So I did get a good bra. That was one, one good thing out of this. But we also were like, oh, yeah, don't, don't runners have to take, like, goo and stuff? Like, yeah, let's get a couple of those. Yeah, Never tried them. Exactly. <laughs> let's do all this stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was like if, if they were horrible predatory salespeople at that store, which they're not, they could have sold us anything. Like they could have been like, oh, you got to have these or you won't finish. Cool. Put it in the cart. Like hadn't tried any of this stuff. So we run a half and miraculously, again, the, the, this is one of those don't try the home stories. I don't know how we weren't pooping our pants from, you know, sucking down goo we'd never had before, which is awful, by the way. It's so bad. But, you know, we both finished. She finished like maybe 10 minutes after me, which is insane. I was like, so you just stroll up here not running, not trained, but, but we were both under trained. I mean, yeah. it was, it was definitely like a finishing is winning sort of situation, <laughs> but it was a turning point for me because I had done something that I previously thought impossible and previously had tried and had given up on myself. I don't know how many times, like just over and over. Oh, well, that was kind of crazy. I really don't think that I can do it anyway. And I was like, you know what? I did it. I didn't do it very fast. I didn't do it very, <laughs> didn't do it necessarily the smartest way, but we got really lucky and didn't have, you know, we, we crossed the finish line. I'll say yeah. that. Mm -hmm. You look like you were about to say something. Sorry. I didn't yeah, no, I'm still just like how you got your husband to say he wanted to run a race. Like I, like there's been times that Paul will be like, yeah, I'll run a race. And then it's the day of, and he's like, like, but also, so, um, I want to touch on that too. So was your husband an athlete growing up? Like, is he an athletic person? Like just naturally always knows more about sports than anyone I know, like every sport, like sports he doesn't even like. He can sit there and explain them to me. And he played a little tennis and he played basketball and football when he was younger, but he didn't continue anything past, you know, high school. Okay. Um, so he, he would get into working out and stuff, but he's also just naturally thin. So he kind of never, I mean, everyone should, but he never had to work out to keep from being overweight. You sure. know, it just, he, the, when, when we got really into the gym, when we first moved to Florida, I was like, oh, I got to make sure I don't gain weight. And his was like, I'm trying to gain weight, like to bulk up sort of thing. Yeah. And again, he would, he ran probably three, five Ks with me when we lived in Florida. And every time I would get so excited, like, oh, isn't it fun to cross the finish line? Like, at least that's worth it. And he's like, no, I still hate it. I still hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I mean, after the half, he said he didn't like it. He was like, that was not fun. I didn't enjoy it, but I want to do it. So throughout the summer, I still had to kind of like be a little annoying about it and be like, you said you're going to run. And we were looking the other day um, at his smash run and looking at how many miles we ran in like June and July and stuff. And he really didn't start running until August because we did a trail race. And after that, he was like totally dove in head first. was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. I want to do an ultra one day, like just crazy. And so I was like, what the heck? Like, We've been together almost eight years at this point, at, at that point, and I have begged you to run. I've told you it makes me feel so good, like all this stuff. And you do one trail race, and now you're freaking Dean Carnazes. Like, let me do a 1,000-mile race. So, you know, I chalked some of it up to, like, 
oh, we're just both really excited because we did the half, you know, it's just kind of a new thing for us. But on New Year's Eve, just a couple of days ago, he ran a 50K. Like, he ran 31 miles. That's insane. And he started running in <laughs> August. So there is hope if, you, if you're listening to this and you hate running or you're trying to get someone into running and they say they hate it, just tell them they got to do a 50K. <laughs> but I ask him all the time, I'm like, if I had told you that we were going to be, you know, up at 530 running, he's like, no. No, but I also tell him, so he's recently gotten into soccer too, and he used to hate it, but he hates Harry Potter and I love Harry Potter. So I keep telling him like, how long is it going to take? <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to like it. I'm like, and I list off all the things that he used to hate that he now at least tolerates or like with yeah. running, he loves it. And like, there's hope. When there's hope. Yeah. 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 But I think I, I did listen to a podcast that talked about how, um, we like how we think we're going to change. Like we end up changing so much more than like the vision that we have because you just don't even know. And it's the thing, like you don't know what you don't know. Um, mm -hmm. so there's hope. He could be like, I don't know. <laughs> no, and, and, and fan fiction and here's <laughs> his own Harry Potter fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I will die. That will be, that would be a crazy change, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, no. So I kind of, I kind of took a little, side lane. There, yeah, no, but, it's okay. um, but no, ever since then, so like the biggest change has been running with people. So like we started running with each other, obviously, but then I kind of took another step out of my comfort zone and joined, um, a speed work group this summer. And that was a big step for me because I kind of felt myself back in that place that I was in Florida when I was like, they're not going to run with me because I'm not fast enough. I was not the slowest person there. And nobody cared about the slowest person there, you know, right. or I, that sounds bad. Nobody cared how slow the slowest person was. Cause we were, does that make sense? Yeah. They were <laughs> excited that that person was there. Like exactly. getting better. Like that yeah. it is all about like, yeah, let's work on this. Like, let's get better. No one cares. Like mm -hmm. never gone running. Cool. I want to teach you like, it's yeah. so, and it's so different than like, like the high school cool group or like the, you know, bullies on the playground in elementary school. It's literally just like, Oh, it's a very welcoming community. And there mm -hmm. are people at races that are not like that for sure. But for the most part, when you go to those, like people are like, I'm excited to hear Lauren. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. And people are, you know, people that are already done are standing on the course cheering you on. And it's just such a, it's such a unique sport. And it's, I feel like it's got so many options. Cause like you said, there are people who, do races and they run walk or they walk and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and there are people who are throwing down 530 miles and no one is I mean objectively time-wise like yes there's a winner and there are people who you know finish behind the winner but it's like it's so much easier to just look at your own progress and say I'm better than I was yesterday or even if it's your first day it's better than sitting on the couch um so and that's coming I mean I've like a lot of people and like, especially unfortunately, a lot of women, I've spent my whole life comparing myself to other people and dancing was a big part of that too. And that dancing is wonderful and I loved it, but it's also not great for your body image. Yeah. And there's a lot of focus on, you know, how do I make myself smaller and how do I, you know, look exactly like other ballerinas. And there's only so much you can do with the body you're given. So you can love it and take care of it and nourish it, or you can hate it and waste your time. 
I guess, trying to change things that maybe you can't. I mean, yes, you can lose weight. Yes, you can gain muscle, but certain things about your body aren't going away. So you might as well learn to appreciate them. And that's a big thing that running has done for me is that I was just telling my family last night because Kevin was talking about how running has helped him just mentally, like with anxiety and stuff. Like he just feels so much better inside. And I'm like, I feel the same way, but it's with my body image. Like I don't, I haven't lost a pound since I started getting serious and I don't care. Like I don't, my body really hasn't changed, but I think of it now in terms of what it can do instead of what size it is, which is not an easy shift to make, especially the way, the way things are marketed towards us and everything like that. But, um, how do you, go ahead. Tell us more. How do you think you made that shift? Oh, um, I think honestly, a lot of it had to do with being around other people. Um, because even though when I ran by myself before, I wasn't running to lose weight, but I always had that kind of like, well, it'd be cool if, you know, I, I dropped a couple of pounds along the way. But when you're running with other people, first of all, you see people that are half your size and three times your size, and some of them will kick your butt. Like you can't ever, you really can't ever look at, or I don't think you can look at a person and figure out definitively how fast they are. Like you may look at a real thin guy and think, oh, he's going to smoke me. And you never know. Mm -hmm. But um, also just seeing the other benefits of running, like camaraderie, just meeting other people who you would never cross paths with. I think you've mentioned that before in your podcast, like would never talk to this 40 year old man who's an engineer, just, yeah. but you know, now we're really good friends and he gives me great advice and all that stuff. So I think I saw more benefit in the way running made me feel. And then once I saw, so another thing about starting to run with other people is that I learned so much more. I mean, I did run for a long time before this year, but I always ran easy. And I always ran about the same pace and I didn't know any better. I just like my hard runs were just longer. I didn't know how to push myself to go fast because I was so concerned with, well, yeah, I can run faster, but for like five seconds and then I'm done. You know, I didn't want to be like totally spent. So joining that Cedar group was huge because I figured out that I could strategically train, you know, with someone's help, with the help of someone who knows what they're doing and actually improve. And I've taken literally almost an hour off of my half time. Like the first, again, the first half was run totally untrained. So it was like, I mean, I did, I did cover the whole distance running, but by a mile 11, it was like a very slow shuffle, yeah. like, <laughs> like just crawling across the finish line pretty much. But, um, in early December, I ran a half here in 210, like strong, you know, running the whole way without really slowing down or changing my pace too much. And I owe that to other people showing me how to run that way. Um, and so seeing that progression and being pleased with myself, but again, not losing any weight, not, you know, not looking really any different, but being so much more confident because I'm like, I can do that. You know, things, the half period, which I used to think I could never, ever do. And now not only can I do it, I can get way faster at it. So I think that's been the biggest thing in helping me see that <clears throat> it's not really about what you look like or, you know, your size or anything like that. It's just what can you achieve and what, 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 what sort of effort can you put forth? Because also what can you achieve is not always the best measure either because a lot of that's out of your control. 
but yeah so and I love that you said that yeah there's like there's things that we can control and then like kind of later we're like well actually it's not even that important but there's this other thing like the stress relief that running gave you the confidence mm -hmm. that it gave you the friendships the community a lot of these things that when we're kids it's you know, we have so many of those things, but as adults, or even just working with teachers or mentors or coaches, like that opportunity mm -hmm. um, to connect with people and get better and get like external validation and feedback from so yeah. many times. But it's nice because you don't get a lot of that as an adult. Yeah, no, and that's huge because I am a pretty independent person. And I, when I'm passionate about something, I'm fine to, you know, do the research on my own and try to figure out a plan. But I, it got to a point where I had to acknowledge that I don't, I don't know so much. And I think that's sometimes really hard, but it's also really valuable because literally every person that you come into contact with knows something that you don't know. Yeah. It may not be that interesting to you or that valuable to you, but I think you have to, there's a lot of information out there with, for example, just if you're just strictly talking about fitness and nutrition, there's a lot of information on the internet. So I feel like it's easy to say like, well, I'll just, you know, figure it out on my own. But the value in like what you do or like what my, I ended up hiring a running coach um, to train for my first marathon. And I feel like my attitude before of like, oh, I can just figure it out myself really devalues what people like y'all do because you have the knowledge and you're willing to cater it to someone as you get to know them, if that makes sense. Like I could download one of 8 million marathon training plans on the internet. But what instead I do is I tell my coach exactly how I'm feeling and I tell him what's hurting and I tell him, you know, I really tried this, but this wasn't working and having a experience and be knowledge because he went to school for it. Like he can, he the can get the customization. He like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he can also get more out of me that I like, I would see stuff on the plan and be like, <laughs> okay. And then I would finish it and be like, oh my gosh, how did you know that I could do that? And that's never, you know, I could never do that by myself. And I feel like the same thing goes for like nutrition coaching, like people, who, I mean, obviously there are people who are like just hacks out there, unfortunately, but like people who know what they're doing and have come, um, who have conquered like incorrect ways of thinking and, you know, body image issues, like those people know the struggle and are able to help you through it because they know what they're doing more than you do. I think a lot of people, myself included, at some point, you just have to acknowledge what you don't know and not be afraid to ask for help or be a beginner. Yeah. The being a beginner, it's so hard. And it, like mm -hmm. being a kindergartner and being okay to ask, yes. for help, like, it's like, Ooh, that's so scary. No, I'm an adult. I have my master's yeah. degree. I'm supposed to know. I'm supposed mm -hmm. you know, I, I had a 4.0, you know, no, it's okay to ask. It's hard. Mm -hmm. though. It's hard. It is for sure. All right. So we're, uh, tidying up a little bit. Let's, it's the beginning of the year. A lot of people are going to get into running, um, and possibly <laughs> fall out of running as the year goes on. Um, what are some like tips that you might give someone that's just starting out or maybe hasn't been consistent in the past, um, and wants to, mm, that's a good question. Um, I would say tell someone that's a big thing. Cause that was a huge thing I didn't do initially and why I spent years just thinking, I wish I could do a half. I wish I could do a half. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to do a marathon. God willing, hopefully nothing goes wrong. But I mean, like something that I thought, I don't even know if I'll ever be able to attempt that. 
So you have to tell, even if you, you know, not everybody has the time or, you know, resources to work with a coach, but even if you just tell a friend like, Hey, please check on me and make sure I'm doing my runs or whatever, whatever it takes to put the goal out there, as scary as that is, you have accountability and you also have that kind of, I don't know, like a safe, not a safety net. That's, I can't think of the word, but basically like people are going to ask if you said you were going to do it, people are going to, you know, want to know, Hey, how'd it go? And if you're like, ah, I just didn't, you know? Um, and also something that my mother, so my mother-in-law has started running too. She had, she had run before and done like some five K's and stuff, but she just signed up to do her first half. So a group of us, um, there's a couple other girls that, um, we're in like a text message group together and they're going to, it's going to be their first half marathon and one other girl, like her second, I think, but we're just trying to basically really simple, like, Hey, did you run? Did you not? Whatever, what's going on? How can I help? Um, but what she's been doing, of course now it's been hot, but before it was cold when she would like check off her runs, she would jot down like weather and stuff. And you, you know, you can keep track of that on apps and stuff too. But basically as a way to kind of head off those excuses on days when it's like, oh, it's too cold. Well, actually you ran when it was like 34 degrees or whatever. And I thought that was so smart because I was like, you have your proof right there. Like I've done it before because that's always a struggle when you get into wintertime. There's less daylight. There's, it's cold in a lot of places. Not here right now, but you know, you have your six degree places yeah. and it's like there's you know, you, you can't control the weather. You can't control a lot of things, but you can control your effort and your consistency. So, and also I just printed out um, a little shoe with a thousand miles on it. So a little coloring book is a good, whatever. Kindergarten teacher, yeah. Yes, exactly. Whatever visual reminder or like social, you know, pressure in a good way. If you've got someone who knows that that's what you want to do, um, you just have to have something to keep you accountable, I think. Yeah. And I think that like you, someone that's not running yet might not run a marathon this year, but like those little runs building up that mm -hmm. like two years from now, three years from now, four years, yeah. if they wanted to, but like all of those little things, coloring, coloring something in on a shoe, like it really, it, that visual, um, that helped me actually, that helped me with the IP, uh, teaching online last year. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to yeah. wake up this early. And I had like a visual that I kept going. Did to. you do, did you do this little tracker thing? Is that what you're talking about from teachers by teachers? I didn't have that, but I had a, a different tracker that I made, but it was like yeah. those days that I do not want to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot no of times. Shows, no shows. <laughs> I <laughs> love my kids, but it's nice to, it's nice to get paid to go get coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those days, but like those little visuals, like they're so helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. So those are really good tips. Wow. And I think another important oh, thing yeah. um, is just not, I mean, running is great and it's super, super important to me, but literally every time Kevin and I pray, we thank God in some way that we're able to, whether it's talking about like, I'm physically capable, I have you know, I, I'm able to work it into my schedule or I have, everyone says it's not an expensive sport, but it is so expensive. You know, we have, you know, the money to be able to afford running shoes and clothes and things that we need. And it's like, if that were taken away from me, I need to be okay with that. And not like I, like I did in the past, like I was so wrapped up in my identity as a teacher. And when I, it wasn't taken away from me, but at the time I thought this has been taken away from me because I thought I wasn't any good at it 
because one person in my opinion had said that, you know, yeah. and then when I was briefly pregnant, I was like, great, I'm going to be a mom. This is going to be so awesome. That was taken away from me. And it was like, who am I now? You know? So I didn't want to get into the same mindset with running. So I've been really careful about that of, yes, it takes up a lot of my time, a lot of my thought, but it's a passion. It's not my identity. So if I trip over the mess in my VIP kid classroom right now and break both my legs, yeah, that would suck, but it doesn't change who I am as a person. And it doesn't diminish my value in any way. I mean, I think according to what I believe, every person has value because they're created in the image of God. And even if you don't believe that specifically, I would hope that what someone would take away from this is that you're valuable as a person because of who you are and, and your choices and the way that you treat people. And it doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter what the scale says, it doesn't matter what your salary is or your 5k PR, or if you have your dream job or not, or you're married or single or gay or straight or whatever, you know, I just think that people need to know that if you're pursuing a goal, it should be, I guess, adding to your value, not determining it. Mm. So if you don't make it, it might be, you want to put forth as much effort as you can so that you can say, if I didn't make it, it was out of my control and I'll try again or I'll adjust my goal. I mean, I think that's realistic and smart. And if you don't give it your all, then do that next time. But it doesn't change who you are as a person. It doesn't mean that you don't have worth. Um, but because you are valuable, because you have worth, you should take care of yourself. You should push yourself and try to, I struggle to say be better because it's not about, it's not like, I don't know, maybe you can help me. Put this I, know what you're saying. I know it's, I was just talking to my husband about this, but it's like, you're of value now, but you can still do like you. I don't know. You still want to keep getting better. You still mm -hmm. want to keep improving. You still want to keep growing and changing. Yes. Evolving. Cause like if we stay like how we are for the next 70 years, I don't know. Just yeah. There's nothing wrong with self-improvement, but you have to have your identity and know yeah. who you are outside of it. Yeah. So if your plans change, you know, if you lose a child, if you lose a job and things like that, you can still work on yourself, but you can also say, Hey, I'm still valuable. I can still, you know, I'm still a good teacher. I'm still, I'm going to be a good mom someday. I may, it may not be right now, but only so many things are in your control. And if you decide I'm going to work my hardest, I'm going to put forth as much effort as I can, but I'm going to be okay, regardless of what the result is, then I think you're a lot happier than if you say, I'll be a good person or I'll have value when I weigh this much or when I cross that finish line of my half. But until then, I'm not enough or I'm not, you know, what I want to be. I think you have to be, acknowledge the good in yourself outside of your goals, but still reach for them because you can always get better and help other people to do the same. Yeah, that was wonderful. I, I like it a lot. I, 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 I have it on replay for myself. <laughs> I know I need to, and I say this, all this is if I've like totally figured it out, but I still will. No one does. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the big secret. We don't have it. Nobody has it all figured out. No one. We're all making it up as we go. Like, mm -hmm. Fake it till you make it. Oh, this is so wonderful. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Of course. Thanks for having me. It was really fun and, and scary, but good scary. So I hope, I yeah. hope it helps even just one person feel good and feel like they can do something crazy like run a 50k even if they hate running <laughs> i'm not gonna stop shouting <laughs> giving kevin a shout out because i'm like crazy proud yeah that's awesome 
All right. Thanks so much, Lauren. Yeah, thank you.